Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 65. Before we head into our really fun and insightful interview with Jill, we're going to do our past guest spotlight. We're going to throw it back pretty recently to episode number 60, which is Alessa, you can find by That Disney Girl on YouTube. She is just released part two of a two-part series covering one of Disney's best-kept secrets. So intriguing, so many things that I never would have put together by myself. You can tell how many, how much research Alessa has put into it. Really great, so we highly suggest heading over to YouTube, check out that, those two videos, That Disney Girl. So like Brennan said today, we are so excited to be talking to Jill. She is the founder and the blogger of Mini on Main. You can find her on minionmain.com. And when you check out her blog, you can also find the links to all of her other social media pages. We are super excited to talk to her today about how she left her job to start this new endeavor um, and all the work that she's put into that. So, Jill, will you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners so they can get to know you a little better? Sure. Um, hi, it's great to be here. Uh, you know, my my love for Disney, I guess, started when I was two. Uh, we went almost every year, um, more so when my, my aunt was a cast member for several years. She started with a college program and then made it a career. So we would go, and I'm, I'm a third-generation Disney lover. My grandparents loved it. My parents loved it, my brother and I, and now I'm raising a fourth generation Disney lover. So <laughs> it's just been really great to see it, it evolve through our family. Um, and it, Mini on Main is my blog. And it's just sort of, I've just sort of felt like I've always been headed towards that. I've kind of always been a writer. Um, and I like to say that Disney's in my blood and writing's been in my bones. So it just made sense to merge the two. Yeah, and I love your story, how you talked about your aunt starting in the Disney college program and then eventually becoming a cast member, because I definitely see my sister heading in that direction if she's not already. Yes, yes. She she loved it so much that she went back, she got her degree, and then she went right back to Disney. Yes. What kind of jobs did your aunt do? Um, She was on the backlot tour. She did the, the spiel and for oh. Catastrophe Canyon that it was so much fun to watch her i'm so jealous <laughs> that's like <laughs> one of the jobs that like i would love to play that role yes yes i loved watching her do it and she loved to do it she did a few other jobs she worked with the voyage of the little mermaid and the beauty and the beast live on stage too oh neat man is she still there or, or is she moved on she, she moved to california uh. and she. Uh, she was with CBS for a while, and now she's actually she got a really cool job. I didn't even know this job existed. She's choosing the on-flight entertainment for an airline. Very oh, interesting! Yeah, that's cool. Well, enough about your aunt. Back, <laughs> back to you, Jill, because because we are so interested in everything. Um, and really, you sparked off kind of what I'm interested in. That you said that you felt like you've always been working towards this. So, kind of. What do you mean by that? What kind of puzzle pieces fell into place where you finally decided that you were going to buy the domain name, start putting it out on social media, and start putting these blog po blog posts up online for, for Disney fans? 
Well, you know, through a random series of events, I ended up with a writing position at one of the bigger Disney blogs, um, one of the more established ones that most people have probably read. And um, eventually I ended up running the planning side of it and I loved it. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity and I learned so much. But one day I, I looked at what I was writing and I said to myself, these are all my ideas. This is all my original thought. And I should be doing this for myself. So I, you know, I talked to him about it and he was really understanding and really supportive. He still checks in with me from time to time. He keeps up with my little blog. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I went for it to, to start it on my own. And it's, it's been such a challenge and it's been so incredibly, I want to say freeing to, to be able to just, write what I want without worrying about, well, are they going to be okay with this? Or is, is this really what they do here? You know, it, it is what they do because it's mine. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's uh, a good... Sorry, keep going. <laughs> sorry. No, it's just, it's been, it's been really, really cool to watch Midian on Main go from just an idea I had of a name that I thought was great to a website and now we're expanding into social media too. And it's just been surreal almost. Yeah. And I love that you said, you know, freeing. Cause I think any Disney person who's decided to go ahead and create their own content or do their own thing has probably had a very similar feeling, you know, for whatever reason, now they feel free to, you know, post the pictures they want on Instagram or share, you know, the things that interest them. And I think that's such a good like analogy. For probably how a lot of people feel. Yeah, it's it's really great just to do it for myself and to think because I, I really love the histories of, of the stories of like Dinosaur Gertie was one of our most recent posts and doing the research for that. Actually, I actually found myself digging through the National Archives wow. for information. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just straight up FBI researched it and it was just so much fun. And I didn't have to stop to think, well, you know, is this something they're going to want to run? Is this something they're going to want to post? I, I could just do it and, and send it out there into the world for people to see. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and I, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I love that you're very forward about that. It goes from idea and you do get that freeing sensation but there are many challenges along the way. And I, and I think that it's important for anybody who's building something to be upfront about those things, that there are challenges, there are moments of discouragement. Um, but overall, the gratitude and the freedom that you receive to be able to express and, and work on the things that you want to are more than what, worth it. I would I would assume you would agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's been a few days where I've just been so disheartened and I said, you know, our traffic has really been low today. And what am I doing? I made a mistake. I shouldn't have gone out on my own. But most days it's just incredibly great to be able to see it grow. Mm -hmm. So do you think that making that career change, you know, from going from a bigger blog to being able to do your own thing, do you think that's made you get closer to Disney and grown your fandom? Oh, absolutely. I, well, w one thing that I'm really excited about is that I get to go 
and cover the events. I get to go to Flower and Garden Festival in a week and show everybody what's going on. When when I was a writer or the site manager, that was the owner's job. So now I'm 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 being able to travel and see it firsthand and experience it and it's just it's really created a sense of connection between Disney and I that didn't exist before. And I will say, I don't want to move too far away from it. Gertie is like my personal hero. <laughs> I think she should be the icon of Hollywood Studios personally. But anybody doing work on Gertie is a friend of mine. <laughs> I, I love it. I've, I'll, I grew up seeing this big giant dinosaur in Hollywood Studios. And I, it kind of always puzzled me. But I never stopped to ask, hey, why is there a dinosaur at Hollywood Studios? <laughs> Until one day I was sitting around thinking about it and and actually searching for an idea for a, a blog post. And it, it just sort of struck me as that's sort of, it, it doesn't really fit to me. So let's find out why. There has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. And there really is. There's a really fascinating reason. And I think it's it's really great. Disney owes a lot to Gertie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. We've kind of glossed over it a little bit, but I want to make it easy for our readers to know kind of what can they expect out of Mini on Main? What kind of things do you enjoy writing about? What kind of topics do you like to cover over there? Uh, we are, we're finding our stride. I, I really love the planning aspect. Uh, a lot of advice and, and travel tips and how to's. Uh, we just talked about kid friendly restaurants. Um, at Disney World, that sort of thing. It's, I've, I've been going for goodness, 30 years now and being able to go from a Disney kid to a Disney adult. And now as a Disney parent, I think that I've got several different, um, aspects and outlooks to, to draw from and combine to be able to give, uh, planning tips and advice that will be relevant to people. And, you know, I just, I, I hope my goal is at least one person will be able to say, hey, I read your blog and that made my trip go more smoothly. It made our trip better. Yeah, and I think that's great, too, to kind of always have that in mind, you know, that ultimately your goal is, you know, helping people and helping them, you know, plan or have a more smooth vacation, especially um, like with maybe posting things towards families or kids, because I'm sure we don't know from experience, but I'm sure that kind of adds like a level of stress. So I'm sure any kind of help is very much appreciated. <laughs> yes, yes. My three-year-old is in a week going on his fourth trip. And it has been, um, it's been a challenge. Our last trip was just he and I. My husband stayed home. He's staying home this time too. He's I don't know how I ended up married to somebody who doesn't love Disney, but I did. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, going from a, a family trip to a sort of almost like a single parent thing too has been a challenge, but I'm glad that I've had it because that's a, another layer that I can add um, when we're writing planning articles and, and helping people with their vacations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really is such a great perspective, I think. Yeah, got to keep working on that husband. I feel like eventually he'll get there, right? I, I hope so. That's that's the goal, eventually. <laughs> I mean, I started liking Formula One for him. It's the least he can do. <laughs> Maybe, is he a Star Wars fan? Is Galaxy's Edge going to help out with that? A little bit. He's, 
I, I, he's he's a very strange animal. <laughs> Aren't we all? I guess. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> but he's a passive fan, I'd say. Gotcha. So when you're tackling this as a solo project, how do you kind of balance that between, you know, if like take last week, for example, when Epcot announced all the transformations coming to the entrance of the park, everybody wants to be like the first people to write about it or they want to get a blog post out there pretty quickly because everybody's interested in it. When you're doing a solo project like you are, how do you manage that to be able to get those trending stories, but also have time to write about the things that you're digging through the National Archives for? <laughs> um, it's, it is it is a challenge. It is. I've had to be really picky on what news stories I cover. And as much as I want to just put everything that I read out there um, and let everybody know exactly what's going on and have my finger to the pulse. I've, I've had to really pick and choose the news stories. Of course, the Epcot news was definitely something that we covered. Um, but I've also had to kind of pick and choose Disney news in the morning is what I write. And at night after my son goes to bed, I write planning stuff because the planning stuff is just so involved mm -hmm. and it takes so much time that I just, I, I, I work on that for a few days. A Disney news article, I can get out there in 30 minutes. A planning article might take three days. Yeah. So I think that's great advice. You know, like time management is definitely a huge thing if you're trying to start your own <laughs> blog or business. But I think also like what you were saying is just picking and choosing and really just sticking to what you feel connected to, because I feel like that definitely shows through your writing. You know, if you're more excited about it or more passionate about it, I'm sure that makes it a much better blog. Exactly. When I was at the, the bigger blog, we had a staff of, oh goodness, I want to say 13 writers. And we were able to cover everything because one person would handle one story and, and so on. And everything got covered. But with Minnie on Main, it's just me right now. So yeah, I mean, there is an element of being picky about it and, and trying to decide, well, this is big news that maybe not so much. So I don't know if I'm reading too much into this. You said right now, do you have bigger dreams for Minnie on Main? I I don't want to jinx it, but <laughs> I I I'm, I wouldn't rule that out. I would I would love to grow it and eventually have a staff of writers. That's that's the dream. Um, but yeah, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I think it's great to know where you are at right now and also put out your big dreams in the universe. I think that. That's something that Catherine and I have been working on recently is a lot of times we have these big dreams and the moment we start to maybe share them with a few select people, you realize that so many people are cheering for you or they have a door that they can open for you that you wouldn't know otherwise. So I think that's a great kind of lesson to be learned of put your big dreams out there and, and you never know, you know, who can help you out along the way. Exactly. Absolutely. So one thing that I noticed, and it's more, I guess, on the writing portion of it, is that reading through your blog, something that really speaks out to me is that your blog has a voice. So it doesn't, you know, explicitly say, I'm Jill, here's my husband, here's my son, you know, this is our family, this is how we do the parks. But reading throughout them, you can kind of pick up on your voice, 
learn little tidbits about your family, learn about how you guys visit the parks and learn things that you like or don't like. So what would be your advice to someone who's trying to develop that voice through writing? I I love that you were able to pick that up. First of all, that makes me really happy to hear. Um, But, you know, I think that it should just come naturally. Uh, I write from a place of love. Um, And I know that might sound really corny, but when I'm writing, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to share exactly what was going on in the moment. And I'm, I'm glad that that speaks through. And I think that anybody else who's wanting to develop that voice needs to just stay true to themselves and not try to be something that they're not. Uh, I've done that. I've done that when with my other job, um, it was expected to write a certain way. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely a, a, a good way to do it. But it was sort of inauthentic for me. And I like being able to um, just say, hey, look, you know, I didn't love this. Or, hey, this is what my son really liked about it, but I really liked this part of it. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I love that how, you know, you've kind of recognized that and then honed in on some of those things. And it makes me think, too, like, as you're going through the park, since you talked about, like, you try to hone in on, like, what's going on in that moment. Do you think that's changed the way that you, like, go to the park and view different things? Like, do you always look at it from almost like a writer's perspective? Oh, my goodness, yes. My my last trip... um was my my first trip as um the owner of Mini on Main and I just looked at the parks completely different it felt it felt like a work trip but not not in a bad way it was just it was different like for example I forgot my fuel rod in our hotel room one day and I'm always taking pictures always thinking about the blog and the Instagram account and my phone is just second nature to me in the parks so not having my fuel rod was a crisis Um, I ended up, um, learning every single place, every single outlet in Magic Kingdom where you could plug in a wall charger and get some juice on your phone. And I ended up taking pictures of them because I thought, Hey, this might make a good post. And that's, (laughs) that's not something that I would have thought of uh, before. Let me tell you those fuel rods. We have quite a few stories about those fuel rods with my sister. They can be a blessing and a pain. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. That that's wonderful. I, I I love hearing stories about that because we've been in similar instances where like our very really when we went to Disneyland was one of our first trips after starting the podcast. And we had just been so used to going to the parks for just ourselves for so long. We almost had to challenge ourselves to pull our phones out and make an Instagram story or take a picture of where we're at. And it was just such a weird feeling to know that there were people on the other side of the internet who are actually interested in what we were doing. It was just such a a weird mindset to get over. Yeah, that is a really weird mindset. And it's, it's been a challenge. Challenge for me, I actually, I bought a memory card before I left. And I said, my goal is to fill this memory card before I come back. And I didn't even come close, not even close because it was, it was really hard. Like you said, to get out of the, I'm just here on vacation. So I'm here for a purpose mindset. Yeah. You can definitely agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm back in a week. 
And we are covering Mardi Gras at Port Orleans French Quarter. We're covering uh, the first day of Flower and Garden Festival, and we're covering an after-hours event uh, to see, you know, if it's worth the money because it is an expensive event. Um, and so I'm hoping that that mindset is more ingrained now so that I can really just laser focus on, on what I need to get done. Mm-hmm. But definitely still towing that line of enjoyment for sure, because I think that's why that's why we all go to the parks, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. My son is going to be with me and he's three. He'll be four in April. So I've, I've had to sort of tell myself, look, you know, it's great to, to be laser focused, but you also need to remember that he's three. So <laughs> I've, I've scheduled fast passes. I've scheduled some character meals and we're just going to let loose and have fun too. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a blast. It sounds like all of those blog topics would definitely, definitely be things that we're interested in. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So one of our last questions we want to hit on before we head into our fast pass round is something that we've been trying to bring to our listeners because I think everybody has kind of their own unique approach to the beast that is social media. So I don't think anybody's really cracked the code. Nobody knows the exact way to outreach to people, but I think it's worthwhile to share kind of your different approaches if you have any tips or things that you've discovered by using Instagram and Twitter and Facebook to be able to reach people to get them to the blog. Absolutely. Um, social media has been such a challenge for me. I'm, I'm an introvert. I think that's sort of part and parcel with being a writer. Um, it's, I, I sure you can tell I write much better than I speak. So just the, the social aspect of it is, is difficult and it's been difficult to go from, um, sort of that introverted mindset to a, hey, I've written this and it's really good and you need to read it sort of mindset. Um, usually I'm more of a, hey guys, you know, if it's not too much trouble, could you maybe <laughs> pos- maybe sort of think about giving this a look-see? You, and, and you can't do that. You just, you've got to be bold and you've got to get out there and say, hey, this is good, read it. Um, and I found that certain platforms are better for certain things. Um, tw- Twitter is great for posting my my links to my blog and getting traffic to my site. Instagram, not so much. Um, I still post links on Instagram, but by far it's my least performing for getting traffic. Um, it's great for getting my name out there. It's great for building a following. I definitely have more Instagram followers than I do anything else. Um, and Facebook is just a very strange animal I can't figure out yet. <laughs> We're at that same boat. Yeah, it, it's really hard to grow on Facebook. And if anybody else knows, please send me a message. Let me know. Um, <laughs> but Twitter is, is great. People love to click on your links and read your posts on Twitter. People love just to, to comment and look at your pictures on Instagram. So I guess my best advice is know your platform. And, and cater to what people want on each platform. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Malcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. So welcome back. Now we're going to jump into our fast pass round. So Jill, we're going to throw out these Disney topics. If you can kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay. 
So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Oh, okay. Um, I've been to all of the stateside parks. I've done all four Walt Disney World and Walt Disney World has my heart. But I've also done Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. I've, I've not been across the pond yet. That's on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. For sure. So out of those parks, which is your favorite and why? Oh, Epcot for sure. Like without question, hands down, my heart belongs to Epcot. Uh, I've, I've loved it since I was a kid uh, growing up in the 90s. Epcot was just in its zenith and the edutainment aspect of it. I just, I loved it. And I loved being able to see the future predictions and the the new technology. And then when it came out, say, Hey, I saw that at Disney world. It was great. And now as an adult, I love the world showcase. I love to, to experience the different cultures and to talk to the cast members from those countries and just sort of get a glimpse into places I've yet to travel. I think, We both probably when we first met, Epcot was probably at the bottom of our list for both of us. But I think through the festivals and through the appreciation for the World Showcase, it has definitely climbed up our list. Yeah, I love the festivals, too. I I can't say enough about the festivals. So I feel like there's two questions that we got to ask for any Epcot lovers. First of all, which is your favorite festival? And the second question would be, what do you think about the changes coming to the front of the park? Okay. Um, well, I want to say the International Festival of the Holidays is my favorite. And that one, I don't get, think gets enough love. Um, it's, everybody's all about food and wine. Everybody's all about flower and garden. And those are great festivals. Don't get me wrong. But the International Festival of Holidays, I'm a, I'm a Christmas lover. And... I just I love being able to go around the world showcase and hear stories of Christmas from all of the different countries. I think that's really unique. My son loved it too. And it was just it was really really fun. Yeah. I would agree. We're usually there around Christmas time just to go visit my sister and I do agree like there's so much that people probably don't recognize or maybe a lot of people just stay away from the parks like at Christmas time cuz it is so busy. But there's a lot of fun little shows and events. And, of course, the food's always good. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just I don't think that that festival gets nearly as much love as it deserves. Mm-hmm. So next one would be your Disney bucket list trip. Uh, Tokyo Disney. I, I am just fascinated with Tokyo Disney. Disney Sea looks absolutely incredible. And their food scene is just absolutely amazing. And I I love food. I'm a foodie. So I really, really want to go check it out. What do you think, like, what kind of food are you looking forward to the most? Oh, man. They're, this is going to sound weird, but they're popcorn. They've Mm -hmm. got so many different flavors of popcorn. And I just, I want to go and experience all of it. Yep, I've heard about like the garlic shrimp and the curry. I don't know if I would try those, but I know like they have milk chocolate. That sounds good. <laughs> yes, I, I want to try it all just to say that I've done it. <laughs> we're going to, I feel like every single person we ask now says Tokyo. We're going to have to start excluding Tokyo. Yeah, because besides Tokyo. <laughs> everybody wants to go there. Yeah. Well, if if you want one other than Tokyo, I took French from kindergarten all the way through senior year of high school so i would really love to put all that french to good use so it would be nice to visit disneyland paris 
Wow, that's impressive. We actually took French in high school and hated it. <laughs> it's the only D I ever made in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not fun. Uh, we we were part of a pilot program. They started us in kindergarten, so I just I went with it and stuck with it. Wow. That's impressive. I wish we had done something like that. Uh-huh. So the next question would be, what is your favorite Disney resort? Hmm. Um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. I, I'm checking the buck, uh, I'm checking Yacht Club off the bucket list in May. So that might change. But as of right now, I just, I love the Animal Kingdom Lodge. There's just, there's nothing like getting up in the morning and stepping out onto your balcony in your pajamas and having coffee with a giraffe. Mm-hmm. I'm, there's just very few experiences that can compare to that. And I think Animal Kingdom Lodge, it gets a lot of flack for being so far from the parks. But I think that's part of the appeal. It's maybe the only resort that I would not mind going to and not going to the parks. It, it's a destination in itself. Yeah. So you got lucky enough to like, did the giraffe come up to your, I don't know how close <laughs> they can get, but that's definitely no. a bucket list like resort for me. Yeah, I, I had hoped that they could. Um, I, on purpose, didn't do a whole lot of research before we left because I wanted to be surprised. But no, there there are barriers. They can't get very close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was really cool to watch them um, from the balcony. They were eating their breakfast one morning, and that was just, my son was fascinated. Absolutely fascinated. Oh, yeah, that would be fun to watch, just like their reactions to all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was a year and a half old and he couldn't say giraffe, but he jumped up and down saying, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> that was just one of those things we'll never forget. Oh, for sure. We haven't stayed there yet, but it seems like every trip now, we somehow end up at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Either yes. to eat at Boma or just to go see the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jiko is amazing if you ever get the chance. Oh. We love food. We're foodies in general, and we say that Jiko might be the best restaurant we've ever eaten at, not just at Disney. Wow. Oh, we have to check that out. Yeah, we're checking Sanaa off our list in July, or in May, so Jiko will be the next one that we try. Yes. So next one would be, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, man. Um, well, in a few months, I'll probably have to change this to Millennium Falcon's Smuggler's Run because it just seems incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Star Wars fan myself. But I think right now it would probably be Space Mountain. And I know that there are more thrilling rides. And for me personally, there are rides that are more nostalgic. But Space Mountain is one that I get on. And I just smile from start to finish. And I get off and just say that was so much fun. and that's that's really why we go is to have fun. So I think that one's the clear winner there. I like that answer. And I think one of the things that factors into this is what kind of cue do you not mind skipping over? And as fun as the little shooty games are in Space Mountain, they can only keep my attention for so long. <laughs> Just yes, like and- standing in a straight line. And now that they've gotten rid of the giant chocolate chip cookies floating across the sky, it's just not nearly as fun. <laughs> So the next one would be, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment? Hmm. 
for a refurbishment, I would say Spaceship Earth. Um, I love it. I, I It's one of my favorite rides, and it's one that I've not been to Disney until I've ridden it at least twice. But it's a bit outdated. Their, their ending is not quite where a, a futuristic ending ought to be. So I would like to see it um, go back to the business of predicting the future like Epcot used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as far as an exit, I know that I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this one. But I think Beauty and the Beast Live on stage is due to go. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting I, one. Yeah, I love it. It's it's got great production value. The cast members that perform are amazing, and it's it's near and dear to me because, like I said, my aunt used to work behind the scenes on it. But I've not been excited to see it in a decade. It's sort of a you've seen it and and it's done kind of thing, at least for me. Um, and I'd like to see something that um, I'm excited to see over and over again. And I think, you know, Beauty and the Beast is my favorite movie, my favorite Disney movie. Um, but we've got an animation. We've got a live action remake and it's on Broadway. So I think we've got our film. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say that's one show I have never seen it. Oh, come on. I've never seen it. Oh, well, you got to that so hard to believe. I promise you, I've never seen it. Oh, wow. Huh. Well, see. I'm not buying this. You've seen it. I, I really haven't. But anyway, what is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Oh, man. There are so many. Um, but I haven't been to Disney until I've had a Dole Whip. Um, and that's just predictable, I know. But I recently discovered Dole Whip with coconut rum. And now I am just all about that. Yes. So are you Dole Whip float? If if there's no rum involved, are you Dole Whip float <laughs> or normal Dole Whip? Float all the way. Man, I want to like the float. I really do. But I get <laughs> it. And I just, I get tired out of pineapple juice by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I don't think I've ever actually finished one. Yeah. That's my problem. If I get something, I've got to finish it. Oh, yeah. So the next one sticks with kind of the food theme, but what is your favorite table service restaurant and quick service restaurant? Oh man, that's, that's a really, really hard question. Um, I'm actually on a mission to try all of the table service restaurants. So I'm almost done with the parks. Actually, I've still got a lot to do in the resorts, but I guess I would say Jico is my favorite. Like I said, we, um, we, we think it's the best restaurant we've ever been to. So. I absolutely adore it. Mm-hmm. Um, and quick service. Hmm. I guess Columbia Harbor House. Yes. Correct answer, <laughs> Catherine. Correct answer. Yeah, I, I love that it's it's quick service and the price is quick service, but the food isn't quick service. Catherine is a known Harbor House hater. I'm not a hater. I just can't eat there every single time. <laughs> I could. I could eat there twice a day. So yes. since you've eaten at so many restaurants, I'm interested to know. We won't call it the worst restaurant, but what's one maybe you would not recommend to someone to eat at for a table service restaurant? I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Crystal Palace. Ooh. Yeah. I find I 
it, it's hard because I know Crystal Palace is is beloved and it's iconic, but it's so big that you have to spend a lot of time in the restaurant to get to meet with all of the characters. And when I'm at Magic Kingdom, I want to be in Magic Kingdom. Um, so I don't really like sitting around waiting on the characters. And the food is good. The food's not bad, but the food's not great, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I guess that's an interesting perspective, thinking about, like, the characters and the wait time. And I think we've only eaten there once, maybe. Yeah, we were in high school. Yeah. So that's how long ago it's been. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good... To put it in perspective, I can be in and out of Tusker House and have met all of the characters and have had my fill of food in an hour. And I don't think I've ever gotten out of Crystal Palace in less than two. Yeah, that's a good point. So next one would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. Oh, my goodness. Uh, My absolute favorite moment was... At 1900 Park Fair at Grand Floridian, um, it was my son's first experience with the characters. It was the first thing we did on his very first trip. And he was a year and a half old, and the Mad Hatter came around. And he wasn't talking yet. He's He was a late talker. Um, and he just sort of baby babbled at the Mad Hatter. And the Mad Hatter, in true Mad Hatter fashion, said, Well, you could say that, of course, but I prefer ubi dabi dibi dibi It makes much more sense that way. <laughs> That's and great. I just, yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> I feel like you have to be so... The Mad Hatter is so witty. Like, yes. I would never be able to do that. No, me neither. I mean, honestly, I feel like any of those characters have got to be just like so, I don't know, on their toes all the time. Yeah. Yes, yes. I I don't think that I would be well suited for that at all as much as I'd like to someday dream about being Belle. Of course I'm I'm 34 so I'm probably past that dream anyway, but <laughs> I don't think that that I have the wit for it either. No. Especially some of those like Gaston and some of those other like really funny ones. I mean, I don't know how you get to that level. <laughs> Cuz yes. you're born with it. Yeah. So I think you've already kind of said it, but what is your favorite Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast. The the animation. I, I have to specify that. <laughs> Did you not like the live action or you just prefer the animation? Um, I I grew up. I was in the second grade when the animation came out. And I've, like I said, always been an introvert and I've always been a reader. So Belle just sort of spoke to me. And it was like, Here's this female icon that is a lot like me that I can look to. And I, I just, it became my favorite. The live action, I I feel like I've been kind of negative and I hate to be negative. Um, but I couldn't get past Emma Watson as Belle. She's, she's Hermione Granger to me. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was a tough transition to make. A lot of times I felt like I was watching the Hogwarts school production of Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is very valid, though. I feel like those actors have got to run into that a lot. Yeah, and I hate to be that way because I know that's probably just something that they absolutely hate. Um, She was great in the role. Don't get me wrong. I think she was great. But I just I, I couldn't not see Hermione. 
I mean, not to go off on too big of a tangent, but that's like my biggest fear with it sounds like Josh Gad is going to play Quasimodo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. And it's like, Josh Gad, he's LeFou, he's Olaf, he's also Elder Cunningham in the Book of Mormon, like Broadway play. Like, I don't know if I can see him as Quasimodo unless he's really, like, they do his makeup very well. He doesn't look like him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. But it it is Disney, so the makeup department will probably be completely on point there. Mm -hmm. But I I totally agree with you. I really hope that he's sort of unrecognizable. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of an insult to Josh Gad, but I just don't I don't want to see LeFou while I'm watching that. Right. I I mean insult, but yeah, I I don't don't want to see LeFou do hunchback. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So next would be your favorite Disney song. Oh man. You're hitting me with the hard ones. Um probably God Help the Outcasts. And it's funny we were just talking about the hunchback. I think that one is um underrated. I would agree with that. I, I love the message. The the selflessness that she displays through the song is just really beautiful and refreshing and i think the world just needs more of that very well put yeah that is a powerful song Mm -hmm. so then another hard one what's your favorite disney quote not a hard one um (laughs) uh, from horizons actually if you can dream it you can do it not a Walt Disney quote. It's it's often misattributed to Walt, but it was written for Horizons. But I love the inspiration behind it. It's part of what spurred me to create Mini on Main in the first place. That's wonderful. I was bored the other day, so I Googled the Horizon or YouTubed the Horizons ride through. Yes. Such an amazing attraction. It is. It is. I miss it so much. I really don't. It's sad. I don't have too many memories of my own writing it. I don't think I can remember seeing the outside of the building. But when I watched the YouTube video, I didn't remember too many of the scenes. Yeah. And I I find myself in the same boat. I have very disjointed memories from it. I remember that it always smelled like orange lollipops. (laughs) And I remember choosing our own ending and my parents always let me pick and I thought I was really special. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the scenes themselves, I I don't have too many memories of. So our very last question of the Fast Pass round is your favorite Disney Parks memory. Oh, man, that's an easy one. I was nine years old. Um, And this was some, some magic from my aunt, who was a cast member then. Um, yeah, I was there for my birthday and she happened to be friends with Aladdin and Jasmine and she arranged for them to meet me, um, for my birthday. And I walked in the room and they said, happy birthday, Jill. And I was floored because they knew my name. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, at the time I didn't realize that my aunt had set that up for me. So I was just, it was just Disney magic. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. Every kid deserves that on their birthday, I feel like. Uh-huh. I do. Everybody should have that. Not even just kids. 
I feel like with the magic band technology now, like they could pull that off if they wanted to. They totally could. Oh, for sure. And I bet Mike- I know this might like diminish the Disney magic, but I'm sure people would pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably would. I mean, it'd be. Yeah, I mean, I I would <laughs> hand up. I would do that. For like a niece or like your kid or something sweet. I mean, not oh, yeah. for like yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mine's for myself. Kick- well, <laughs> <laughs> we got a kick out of just seeing our name on the screen at uh, the ending of It's a Small World. So I think I think that would definitely be something that people would really get on board with. We are still waiting for the day that our names show up on It's a Small World. Yeah, I don't we have think the worst it's ever luck. happened. Oh, no. It's I only s- happened once. I took a picture. I heard you have to sit in the like the first couple rows. Uh, no, we were in the back. We were in the very, very back. I was lied to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have seen it, you know, when you're in line for Everest. I've seen my name up on that board before. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. I've never been on that board yet. Man. They can just put you anywhere they want to in the parks. Yeah. Give you a little magic. Magic. Yeah. I I think that's really great. Well, awesome. Well, that concludes the Fast Pass round. Our very last question is something that we ask all of our guests, and it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to become either a Disney content creator or create their own products, what would be your advice to that person? Um, Don't give up. It's... It sounds sort of trite, I know, but it there's been so many times that I've I've been disheartened and I said, you know what? I don't know I don't know how to do this. This is hard. I don't I don't know how to grow. I should just quit. Um and then the very next day we'll have the best day we've ever had. So perseverance and just believe in your dream and pursue it doggedly until it happens. I love that. Yeah, I think that's such great advice because it is really easy to just kind of, you know, beat yourself up or like, what am I doing wrong? You know, how can I make this better? And then, you know, we've talked about it before, you know, sometimes you don't expect, you know, maybe the number of likes or listeners. And then, you know, next thing you know, it kind of surprises you. And I think those are the most like meaningful times too, or it just kind of takes you by surprise. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, Jill, we thank you so much for joining us, sharing the story of you and also of Minnie on Main. I know our listeners were able to find so much value in everything that you shared. Is there anything else that you would want to share with our listeners before we head off? Um, Just, well, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And follow along with us. We'll be there in a week and we're bringing you all of the flower and garden greatness. And we'd love to have you join us Absolutely. we will for sure be tuning in for that <laughs> yes we love flower and garden we are those people <laughs> <laughs> well to our listeners if you're not already we highly encourage you go connect with jill over on instagram and twitter and find her mini on main on instagram it's mini dot on dot main also head to mini on main.com check out those amazing blog posts see all the great pieces of content that jill is pushing out so jill once again thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me. 
thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.